This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating in locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Hey everybody, and welcome to this edition of Let's Talk Adults. I'm Jim Williams. With me, of course, the one and only, the king himself, Glenn King. Glenn, why don't you tell everybody what we're here to do this afternoon and also introduce our super, super guest. Greetings, Jim, and greetings to all of our wonderful fans all over the world. You know, what we do here is bring you adult entertainment talk for the adult entertainment curious. So many people curious about what goes on behind the scenes of the world of adult entertainment. Um, But for quite some time, I've wanted to branch out and talk about some of the areas that sort of intersect or are complementary with adult entertainment. And one of those areas is the world of pro wrestling. I'm a big pro wrestling fan, and I think there are very many similarities. Uh, If you think about it, we're all stuntmen whether you're in adult entertainment. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. ...or pro wrestling. That's my theory, but we probably should ask somebody who's an actual expert. There really aren't very many of those in the world who have been both a pro wrestler and an adult entertainer. And the perfect person to talk to is the great Trina Michaels, Jim. She has had quite a career... Uh, She was in adult entertainment from 2004 to 2008 and then got into pro wrestling and has worked for basically everybody in the in the world of pro wrestling. I see on her bio names like TNA, uh, Dragon Gate. uh, Who's this other one? There's the Los Angeles promotion, FIP, which full impact out of Tampa, Puerto Rico. She's been everywhere. She knows everybody in the business. With all of that intro, I would like to say that she is one of the greatest performers in the history of porn and in the history of wrestling. She is the great Trina Michaels. Yay! Welcome, welcome. Hi, Glenn. The last time I saw you, Trina, um, you were covered in a bunch of chairs, I believe. Uh, you had <laughs> invited me to to a promotion, uh, a wrestling thing in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and you were managing two twins from Canada, and the thing got just wild. It was out of control. Yes. <laughs> there were t- chairs. Sure I went to a table that night too, right? <laughs> yes. You yes. and the twins ended up on the same table in a little pile, I think. Yes. And then some yeah. <laughs> jumped on top. And then as if that wasn't enough that they had just driven the three of you through a table, they piled a bunch of chairs on top, creating like an entire like little a planet. Mountain, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so a mountain so, you of know, debris. That's why wrestling is exciting. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a great time that night. Well, I want to talk to you about wrestling, but let's just get your background out there a little bit first. Um, All right. You started in adult entertainment in 2004. Uh, what got you started in that business? Um, I kind of just fell into it, really. I, I think I had pictures on, like, a modeling website. And uh, someone from uh, L.A. Direct reached out to my office. Now, keep in mind, this was before L.A. Direct was L.A. Direct. 
This was right. when Derek Hay still ran his office out of an apartment in Studio wow. City. So all you little girls that are out there now can say thank you, Trina, for helping build my my agent's office. Um, he had a partner so, but, back then too, right? Yes, yeah. Was it Spiegler? Was his partner back then or no? Uh, no, I think I think when I met him, they had already gone their separate ways. Okay. Uh, Gotcha. He was speaking. He was doing his own thing. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. All right. Um, so you met Derek. My, yeah. Mike. Uh, yes, that's oh what goodness. it was. Sullivan. It was yeah. Mike Sullivan was his partner back then. Okay. Yes. All right. So Derek sent you to your first set. Mm-hmm. And did, was it what you were expecting? Who'd you work for? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, if I remember correctly, wow, I haven't thought about that in a long time. <laughs> uh, my very first shoot, I actually want to say was for digital playground yeah and that's that's all i can drag up out of the memory bank (laughs) okay then that's a good thing though because you you were there's sort of a high class operation definitely so you Uh, you know you know i'm going to touch on that for a minute so you say high class digital playground I think that's probably the only time I ever worked for them. I might have done one out of shoot. The one thing I will say on my, my wonderful porn career was that I kind of feel like I got a, I don't want to say typecasted, but like pushed into the niche of doing like hardcore, which I love. And I'm very proud of everything that I did. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I got, I got kind of like targeted that way. So I didn't get to do too many of like, the really pretty sets and you know fancy outfits and all that so one of my favorites though that i did get to do later on was uh for wicked pictures uh their award-winning movie called fuck and it's like a history of like uh you know back in caveman how they did it and then all the way up to like aliens or something like that but (laughs) That, nice. that said, I definitely felt very beautiful that day. I was all decked out in jewels, and I had, like, these dogs on chains that transformed into the guys. <laughs> nice. I have to go back and check that out, actually. That sounds yes. like a good movie. It does. Uh-huh. But then, you know, so like you say, most of the sets were sort of lower class. And you're talking 2004 to 2008 was an interesting time. There was a lot of money coming very. into the industry. Um, but at the same time, there was not that much regulation in the industry. Like like today, we have 14-day testing. And back oh, then, good. yeah. It was 30 days, yeah. It was 30 days, and there were a lot of producers who really weren't all that tight on the 30 days. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so – and then there were really nobody in the – like there was no such thing as the Me Too movement. So – you know, there was probably somebody trying to take advantage of you on every single set, except mine. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, maybe I was oblivious to it. And maybe just people left me alone. Cause I didn't put out that like uh vibe of like, Oh, you know, come bother me. But I, I didn't, I don't really have any like bad experiences per se of like, right. People, you know, trying to overstep their boundaries and stuff. So that is one good thing. I, I don't have any bad stories. <laughs> Good, good. What well, I mean, you were a great performer, and so you shot a scene for us. I thought it was fantastic. It was during a period mm-hmm. where I had hired um, Nikki Hunter to direct some scenes for us, just to get a different perspective. And then when I went down to set to watch her directing, I couldn't help myself. I'm a control freak, I guess. So I would sit there and <sighs> say, "Don't up, don't do it that way. Nope, I want to do it this way." And then it was like, "Why do you even have a director here, Glenn?" So I stopped going yeah. to my own sets. And then that's when we shot you. So I wasn't there that day, but you did a fantastic scene. And we we probably would have shot you a lot more if you hadn't um, left the industry. Did you like Thank doing you. fetish? Was that a uh, was that something you were comfortable with or or no? Yeah, I think I kind of like just got into that um, style or that genre, like the end of my career. Um, the last probably like two years that I was shooting consistently, I actually did a lot of work for like kink.com and a couple of the other, other bondage sites. And I like, I actually really enjoyed it. Like, I don't think I'd ever really want to do that kind of stuff in my personal life. It's just a bit odd for me, but like on film and from like the creative artistic side of it, I really enjoyed it. Like uh, there's something to me, like to me, that's art. <laughs> my videos were, were art. So 
And you, I um, think you had a certain cl- – people need to go look this up. You guys should Google Trina Michaels XXX probably or whatever you want to do. You can certainly go to meandungeon.com and see her scene for us. But you'll mm-hmm. see that Trina was doing wild, dirty scenes, but at the same time coming across as sort of uh, elegant, if that's the right word. <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> elegant, nasty performer, if that makes any sense to people. Yeah, I love yourself. it. Elegant, nasty performer. I love it. <laughs> All right. So then you decided to get out of porn and get into wrestling, but that can't have all been one quick decision. Like, did you Not start? At all. Yeah. So how did that whole thing start? Um, It all, like, all started the fog disappears and <laughs> back in time. Um, no, that um, my like first wrestling uh, introduction, like I, I watched it a little bit during like the Attitude Era. So, you know, I was kind of already a fan. I liked, uh, it was entertaining for me. I enjoyed it. I never really thought about working in the field. Um, and then um, I was asked to be part of um the XPW reunion show, uh, which XPW was originally run by Rob Black. Um, the right. show that the reunion he was a show porn that I director. did. So, so people yes. out there understand. <laughs> so Rob Black was a porn director who liked wrestling. He wanted to dabble in both, and he actually put together a really hardcore wrestling promotion. And he was making yes. porn videos with some of the same people that were doing the, his wrestling promotion. Yes, Rob Black. Okay. That's I love him, yeah. but he's nuts. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the reunion show that I did, XPW, uh, Cold Day in Hell, um, he, Rob was not involved, aka. Um, but uh, and that was my, my first time getting in the ring. And like, you know, I had my little intro walk and, you know, like I practiced how I was going to climb in and like, you know, it's all about uh, teasing the audience, right? So I had to like set up my little intro and come out all like, Yep, I'm cool. <laughs> um, and then after that, I started doing like the the SoCal indie companies. I started working for a few of those, like uh, the one that you went to, which is um, AWS. Um, I did a lot of shows for them, uh, SoCal Pro, and a couple of the other uh, smaller indie shows in, in Southern California area. So that's kind of where I got my start. And then um, after that, I don't know, it just kind of, it jumped from there to my first appearance on Dragon Gate. Um, I had the wonderful pleasure of escorting John Moxley out to the ring on like his last deal before he signed with WWE. So that was, that was pretty cool. That's my, my big claim to fame right there. <laughs> and John became what, what was his WWE name? I cannot. Oh, you mean Dean Ambrose. Okay. Wow. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Welcome. You can thank me later for forgetting his, uh, his WWE name, but, um, but yeah, I, I got to work with him. So, you know, that was kind of like my jump to the next level in wrestling, I guess you could say. Yeah. And, you know, it was poor and you can walk in pretty much to the agent's office and be like, Hey, book me tomorrow. And they'll stick you wherever. Right. Uh, you know, wrestling, there's a lot of work that goes into it and, and it's years and years. And before you, you know, yeah. before you get to work for bigger companies and then you need to have work proof, <laughs> you need to be able to show them that, Hey, like I'm worth having on your show. So, um, well, I know I was about to say that you, you kind of made it sound easy, but even while you're making it sound easy, I could tell that like you put a lot, you said you're putting a lot of work into your ring entrance, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, you had to have somebody helping you with that. And then the other thing people need to understand is that taking a bump, you know, which is where they, you, you yeah. know, somebody throws you down on the ground or whatever. Uh, maybe you can explain mm-hmm. to us what kind of training you went through just to be able to, to go through a table or to just to get slammed in the ring. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, you know, you can say wrestling is fake all you want, but until you've been dropped on that ring on your back, there's nothing fake about how that feels. So um, let's see. Um, well, one thing I should specify for your listeners, I am not a wrestler, uh, so I have not, I've never been, like, fully trained. Um, I have, like, some very basic <laughs> knowledge. Um, I work primarily as a heel manager, so... 
it is my pleasure to go out with the meanest people and try to secure them the win for the night, you know, so that, that is my job. <laughs> Trina, I have a quick question. Um, yes. Um, and that is, you talk about being a heel manager. And for mm -hmm. those of you who are not hip to what's going on here, um, you know, obviously you're the one person who everybody in the building hates for a five mm -hmm. ten minute period. Right. Um, I can remember doing a show one time in Atlanta where we had a guy by the name of Barry Greenberg. That was not his name on, that was not his name on the wrestling, but that was what now Barry was uh, a heel manager. And during a live show, Barry went out and, you know, tripped, you know, the, the good guy. And mm -hmm. he started, he moved back toward where the crowd was and he got clocked by a fan with a chair who literally broke right. a chair over his head. And he went down like a ton of bricks. And the camera guy says to me, Barry is knocked out. And I said, <laughs> what? And so that we had to create a diversion to get <laughs> people over so we could get the heel manager out so that Barry could, um, you know, could do it because when Trina is, is doing what you're doing, right? The, tell me, the crowd is into it, and they don't like it. Oh, you. definitely. So no, they do some not. Of that I, I kind of love it. Interaction. I want you to hate me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I've, actually, I've actually had, like, the promoter come up to me after a show and say, this fan is came to me, and they're really upset, and... I need you to go apologize for whatever you did to them because they're really mad and they're never going to come to the show again. And I'm like, oh my God, it's not that serious. But okay. And if you know me, I'm like the nicest person ever. Right. Yeah. And I walked over and I was so sarcastic. I'm like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I don't know. I'd like to say I'm good at, I'm good at what I do. You know, I've had a, one of the times I managed, um, uh, Luke Hawks. We uh, who, had the crowds. Uh, yeah, Luke, Luke, Luke. He's in. He did some WWE work, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, he has a promotion in uh, New Orleans. If any of your listeners are out there, I definitely recommend you go see Wildcats. But we did a show together, and we had the audience so mad at us by the end, <laughs> they were trying to like rush the ring before we could leave. They were so bad. So yeah, you know, it's it's kind of fun to like make people hate you. <laughs> Well, Jim, I can say firsthand, uh -huh. you know, in wrestling, the object is to get a reaction, whether it's a, a booing or a cheering. Right. Trina has a magical effect. There was another event that I went to one time. Um, I think it was like NWA Los Angeles or something like that. Okay. You, you might not even remember mm -hmm. this, Trina, because I think it was just you – you didn't know we uh, we didn't talk in advance, but I went with Ricky Rackman. You know, he was uh, head he, or mm -hmm. uh, headbangers ball, and he was a friend of a friend of mine. And so he was talking to him about being the announcer or something for the show. But he goes in there, and everybody's sort of cheering, "Hey, Ricky Rackman, very cool!" And he was getting a lot of attention, and that was distracting from the wrestling promotion. And then Trina walks in, mm -hmm. and the whole crowd. <laughs> just forgets the match that's in the ring for certainly forgets about Ricky <laughs> and starts chanting Trina Michaels. Oh my goodness. Just the unison, yes, the entire building. <laughs> so Trina comes and sits down next to us and then everyone has forgotten Ricky. So he's kind of steaming at that point, but the wrestling promotion also is kind of going like shit. We just completely lost control. And I'm thinking mm -hmm. to myself, if you guys are being upstaged by Trina just by walking in, why mm -hmm. the fuck have you not hired Trina to work oh, here yeah. and generate these kind of crowd reactions? doesn't matter whether you make her a heel or a face. She's got the crowd interested. Mm -hmm. Well, that's you, yep. know, you brought up a good point because at the end of the day, you know, there's only about a handful of managers that can elicit any kind of uh, you know, reaction. And if you've got someone who is that good at it, then you better play to it because there's a lot of times that there were guys who were not that great wrestlers, but they would get the, the heel manager and you'd get a lot of competition of people wanting to, to get the managers to be their manager uh, because they like the idea of, of teaming up with them. 
So there's only a handful of people who can do what she did, what you're talking about. Yeah, thank so you, why thank you. Somebody acknowledges it. <laughs> yeah, and then why is it do you feel like they didn't hire you, for example, because of your porn background? Oh yes, especially at the time that that uh of the story that you just mentioned. I, I do remember that. <laughs> and uh, it was very uh, embarrassing and proud moment at the same time. Like, yep, <laughs> hair toss, I'm that cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, especially at that time, you know, I was still pretty new in, in the wrestling industry and crossing over from the adult world it definitely brought a lot of stigma and you know, everybody looking at me a certain way, like, oh, it's just another, you know, I hate to, well, no, I don't hate to use the words at all. It's just another ring rat, some little girl that's just here to show her boobs and whatever. And it's like, no, I'm here to do a job. <laughs> like, yeah. And you have the ability to capture and captivate the audience. And that's not the same thing as a ring rat who can stand by the ring and yeah, look like, pretty. I don't, I don't. I will stand by the ring and look pretty. Sorry, that is that is not me. Nope. I get in the ring. I will fight to get my person to win. I will take a chair shot to the head, whatever. I'm taking a pile driver for my guy. You know, I'm crazy. Nice. So, yeah. But. Good. Well, we're going to ask you about the similarities between wrestling and uh and porn um but first jim we should talk to our listeners about the greatness of blue chew bluechew.com okay let's talk about bluechew.com week after week after week i have been coming on here and telling you all about how great blue chew has been for me how it's really worked for me uh, as you know i am a 50 year old male who does the semi impossible feat of performing in adult videos on a regular basis without ever ever failing and why is that that is because of the great blue chew bluechew.com blue chew brings you the first chewable pill with the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis take them anytime uh they're chewable so they work twice as fast so i need that if i go on set uh and i am feeling like i may not be able to perform or may not be at performing at peak levels and need something to enhance that's one I take a blue chew. A blue chew because it's chewable really only takes me 20 to 30 minutes for it to activate. So plenty of time for me to get that and then uh, be able to perform in the scene. I um, I get it from bluechew.com. It is prescribed right there online. What you do is you fill in a little box and you say on there, I've got erectile dysfunction, whatever however you want to describe the problem. A doctor reviews it, sends you a prescription. It, it works really fast. You do not have to go to the pharmacy. You don't have to go to your doctor and explain why you feel like you need these pills. So no awkwardness. It's, it's really a great way to get the pills. They're made in the United States. That's the great part. I have had friends who have told me over the years, well, you know, I can't afford to go to the pharmacy for – uh, Cialis type pills. So I'm just going to order them from China or India or whatever. And then I say to them, how did that work out for you? And they say, yeah, mixed results. You know, you never know what you're going to get. But Blue Chew is made in the United States. You don't have that problem. It is prepared and shipped directly to you. And because of that, it's also way cheaper uh, than you would pay in the pharmacy. And again, I can personally attest that I was paying, oh, a lot more, <laughs> like four or five times as much when I was buying from the pharmacy than when I switched over to bluechew.com. So you don't believe in, don't, don't believe me. That's okay. Try it for yourself. Find out. We have a deal for you. So go to bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. You're going to get your first order of pills for free. So no excuse not to try it out. Use our special promo code adult. That's all you got to do is type adult in the promo box. A-D-U-L-T. You'll get your first order of pills for free. They just want you to pay $5 for the shipping. So Blue Chew is better, faster, cheaper. Um, they're the greatest. We thank them so much for sponsoring Let's Talk Adult. Well, we're back with uh, Trina Michaels. And so, Trina, now I want to ask you about the similarities between wrestling and porn. I talked about this in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. Certainly, maybe you would agree that we're all stuntmen. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, we, you know, 
adult performers, there's a certain level of risk that we accept when we, you know, sign up for this job. Um, we understand what we're exposing ourselves to and the precautions we need to take. Um, and, it, you know, it might not be stunt work where you jump off a building, but, you know, you're still, things happen. And, um, you know, the same with wrestling. I know plenty of people that have, you can call wrestling fake all you want, but I know plenty of people that have broken arms and legs and, you know, had to have back surgery and all that kind of stuff. So there's definitely a certain level of risk with both industries. You know, you can't get a disease in porn unless your partner uh, doesn't do their job. You know, if they show up with the disease, then you're going to get a disease. Pro wrestling, you're probably not going to get injured unless it's, a lot of it has to do with your partner in the ring. Mm -hmm. Yep. When you, when somebody jumps off uh, onto a table or on top of you, it's kind of your job to protect them from having their own head getting spiked on a piece of table, right? Yep, correct. It's, you know, it's all in the way that you're positioning your arms, you kind of help catch them a little bit and soften their falls and stuff like that. And um, I know a friend that broke his ankle recently because uh, like a miscommunication and one person went one way and the other went one way and cracks, there goes the bone. So, you know, you're definitely putting in, in both industries, you're definitely putting your safety in the hands of other people. So it's definitely a level of trust and hopefully respect somewhere in there. How about um, when you and Trina, what about the the element of fantasy? I mean, there's fantasy in both wrestling and the adult industry, true? Definitely. I I like that. Um, (laughs) um, Of course, you know, um, with with the age of the Internet, it's kind of, you know, the secrets of the wrestling world have been more exposed than they used to be. So creating that, that uh, fantasy is definitely harder, but that is still ultimately the point. They, they come there to live vicariously through you and to be excited by what you do. So you have to be able to bring that, that fantasy to life for them. So they wish they could be doing what you're doing, you know, but do people uh, um, see you in real life, and then are they sort of leery of you because they think you're this this mean person? Like I saw Terry <laughs> Taylor in a mall one time when I was like maybe eighteen years old or so, seventeen, sixteen, and I was so afraid to to walk up to him and talk to him because he was a heel on the world class championship wrestling. He was so mm-hmm. mean. I was like, oh, my God, that guy's going to hit me if I go over there and talk to him. Yeah. Um, not so much as they think I'm going to be mean, but just that, like, uh, like, is it really you? Like, are, are you – can I reach out and touch you? Are you really in front of me? <laughs> it's that awe <laughs> kind of thing. Nice. Um, yeah, I have to – if you can't tell, I'm, I'm dorky, I'm quiet, I'm shy, I giggle a lot. <laughs> Everybody always comments on that, like – in real life, I'm I'm <laughs> very different, um, but you know that's that's the fun of of being in entertainment, whether it's you know the adult films or wrestling. It's you get to bring out that other side of you that, that I don't want to say isn't naturally there, but that you don't get to show off <laughs> so much. You know, I get to I I play a bad guy, which in real life I'm like completely the opposite, but. In real life, would I really be a sarcastic bitch if, if <laughs> you know, I wanted to be? Oh, yes, very much so. <laughs> yeah, you might not smash a chair over somebody's head in real life either. <laughs> um, but then the same thing relates to porn because people will see somebody doing wild scenes like Trina did and then mm-hmm. assume, yeah, I could just go up to her at the club and grab her butt because she'll love it because she's a little slut. And yes. <sighs> That's no, not actually, you. I'd really like you to not touch me. <laughs> that would be yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, people need to understand that's not that's not Trina, and that applies to a lot of the, the girls. I mean, yeah, some mm-hmm. of them really are who they are, but um, the majority yeah. of them do not want you to just walk up to them and grab their butts. And you know, you have to understand they play a character on screen, and then they're different. Uh, in the ring so mm-hmm. and, and then what about the nightlife for pro wrestlers versus porn people is a pro wrestling party different than a porn party 
<laughs> um, well, I've never been much of a partier, so I don't know. I don't have too much experience either way. Um, no, I think everybody, you know, when you when when you're ready to party, you just go to have fun. You know, I think that's that's the same no matter where you're at. <laughs> Come on, porn or uh, wrestlers. Here's my theory. Okay, tell me. Maybe I'm just off base because I've I've you know I've met some wrestlers and had some drinks a few times as wrestlers. I think because they take so many hard smashes and hits um, that they medicate themselves to deal with the pain. And Mm -hmm. they tend to either drink or do prescription painkillers, not all of them, some of them, um, at night, almost every night. In fact, I was just Mm -hmm. down in Dominican Republic and there was uh, for vacation and there was a a dude who wandered up to my table as I was sitting there with like 20 family members. This guy didn't know anybody in the group and he, Mm -hmm. um, hey, hey, what's up with you hosers? And he starts talking to us. You're from America. And he turns out to be a pro wrestler, and he was the drunkest man I'd ever seen in my life. I mean, he was just wandering oh my spot to spot. He was my new best friend. He followed me all around mm-hmm. that whole night, talking about how we were buddies. And he didn't know he didn't know me as a porn person or anything. He just was this dude that was willing to talk <laughs> to him. But he was Aww. typical of the pro wrestlers that I've seen. Um, it was great. He was a fun guy. But you know, I think pro wrestlers do a lot of of drinking and and um, and prescription painkillers. Yeah, the painkillers probably more more so in wrestling than I, I think uh, the adult people do plenty of other uh, substances. Yes. <laughs> that is true. Um, that's to like, yeah. let's see. I, I don't yeah, know, like well, I said, I, I, I didn't really expose myself to all of that. So I've, I'm kind of more of a loner. So I just kind of like hang up by myself. <laughs> um, so I don't have any good stories, but. Uh, you know, so I, just to be clear, you've never had a night. Here. You never had a night where you did shots with, you know, Mick Foley. And <laughs> she drank you under the table, or vice versa. No, no. Okay. Like, say that I will tell you that that some of the wrestlers who go out and party, you'll see them the next morning at six o'clock in the gym, and yeah, that's a pretty amazing situation. They will party, but. Five thirty, six o'clock, man. They're back at it, you know. Yep. Just doing the cardio yeah, and doing that other stuff. Yep. Uh, Drew, Drew McIntyre would be a good example of that one. <laughs> um, but uh, for wrestlers, it's a fine line because you are putting your body through a tremendous amount of uh, torture, you know. So how else are you supposed to get through your day without, you know, a little bit of help? <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's something that the individual needs to be able to monitor their, uh, monitor their intake or whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. limit it, you know. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in if, if you have to depend on something in order to do your job, then maybe if something isn't quite uh, lined up there, you know, but if you, you know, you need, need to relax one night because you're in more pain than you were three days ago, then okay. And tomorrow night, you're not in so much pain, then don't take the pill. Like, you know? Yeah. Well, that goes for any substance. I mean, moderation is the key, <laughs> no matter what you use for entertainment. And I certainly am not one to judge anybody. Um <laughs> you know. I medicate with marijuana, but I think it's it's legal here in Nevada, so there's no problem with that. Um, all right, so what was your best day ever in the world of wrestling? Just think back on that one. My, what was the most fun you ever had in a ring? Yeah. Um, that, is, that is easy. The day that I won the FIP Tag Team Title Championship belts. That, nice. that was Yes, that was a big highlight. Um, so we haven't got to talk much about this, but Full Impact Pro um, is known for – getting a lot of people their their big start in their careers and stuff. So um yeah, some of the top WWE people have gone through FIP. And uh I worked their promotion for a good four years. Um I was doing sometimes two two uh matches a night with a I had a, a solo guy and then my tag team that I managed. So I'd be out there twice a night doing all sorts of stuff and that's a lot that's a lot of work <laughs> let me tell yeah. you yeah um, you know so but yeah the 
winning the, the FIP tag belts. We held those titles for about a year. So that was pretty awesome. <laughs> and who was your partner? Um, the tag team was Eddie Graves and Teddy Stigma. They're both uh, okay. Florida Florida boys. So gotcha. we were, um, our group was known as the Savages. So <laughs> that name so is no now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. So you, you managed the team and then you probably got involved. Did you have a gimmick like, a, you know, my favorite was uh, uh, Missy Hyatt had the um, the spray of some sort in her purse at all times. And then she would, mm-hmm. the rest would get close to the edge and she'd spray them in the face with perfume or something like that. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, at one time I had a briefcase that was during like my uh, Southern California Days. Uh, I used to come out with a briefcase all the time, and I pull we- weapons out of there. Um, the savages. Let's see. No, I don't have a specific thing. We did have a, a bat that we brought out a few times. That was wrapped with barbed wire. That was that was fun. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. My my Scary. other um, my other gimmick with FIP for my solo guy that I managed. Um, Johnny Vandal, who, by the way, after his work with me, got an appearance with NXT. So Ooh. you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's that um, effect of having a good heel manager by your side that gets you noticed by NXT. <laughs> um, my gimmick with him was uh, kind of like a bondage <laughs> bondage deal, Wonderful. and okay. uh, we would come out. Um, he had a gimp mask and I would lead him by a dog chain and he would crawl to the ring on his hands and knees. Oh my um, God. As all men should be. <laughs> I'm getting so turned that, on that was, just listening to this. Very, I'm going to have to go find these tapes. Very different. You know, we're a little uh, creepy and weird and edgy. So That's hot. Um, and did, just so yeah, I understand, <laughs> did you actually get hit with a barbed wire bat? I did not know. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, that looks to me, like, sometimes I see these extreme things they do, like, where a guy lands on thumbtacks or gets hit with a barbed wire mm-hmm. bat, and I'm like, damn, I know yeah, wrestling's no, my, straight, my but... guys were involved in those matches. I, I, did, I did not believe in the ring, though, no. <laughs> That's really good. Okay. Uh, all right, I'm just going to run you through, because in the bio here, they, they've tossed out some names of some people that you've partnered up with or know pretty well, and I just want to get your impressions mm-hmm. of them, starting with the Mick Foley. Mick <laughs> he's a big teddy bear. I love him. Um, yeah, we've uh, let's see, we've actually been in the ring twice together. Um, we're you know good friends with the personal life. We talk regular and stuff. Uh, but uh, as far as in the ring, we've actually I don't want to say faced off, but had confrontation. Um, nice in San Antonio, Texas, for RCW, and then here in South Florida for. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I just blanked on their name. That's okay because they don't book me anyway. So yeah, fuck them. <laughs> um, we had Christy Canyon with, on the when show I was too. With she, my, yeah. oh, Christy Canyon. When I was with my tag team at FIP, we were doing uh, other shows in Florida. We would work together there as well. So um, it was at one of those shows that uh, Mick Foley was there as a guest. So. You know, I went out and ran my mouth to him and, you know, how did that end? That's got to be on YouTube somewhere. Somewhere, Probably. yeah. We're going to have to yeah, dig that I up. Think it ended, I think it ended with a low blow, I might, I might say. <laughs> you know, don't, don't, mess, don't mess with me, man. I told you I'm nice, but only to a point. <laughs> Good for you. I'll teach him. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, yeah, Christy was on the show and she talked about her relationship with him. And I think it's really cool that he at least admits he loves porn. And he got in a WWE yeah. ring one time and talked about how he loves porn. So that's cool. Uh, yeah. And in fact, Christy and I went one time together to a comedy show that he was doing. And somewhere on the internet are a bunch of pictures of me and Christy and Mick uh, mm-hmm. all hugging. Uh, okay, how about uh, my favorite wrestler probably in the world today besides uh, uh, Jericho is uh, Samoa Joe. What about Samoa Joe? Oh, uh, he's, ah, you know, to bring his name up. I should, I should probably tell him hi. I haven't talked to him in a while. Um, I met him at a, 
a TNA house show, like probably before I was even really in the business, if you want to call it that. Um, uh, he's just a nice guy. Like uh, he's giving me some good feedback. I used to see him. Uh, he would come by FIP every once in a while and always had some very good compliments and suggestions for, you know, like uh, tweak this or do this better. So I, I love Samojo. Uh, I'm very happy for his success as well. He is so underused in WWE. He's there yeah. so missing out on what they could be doing with him. And, and this is, you know, I, I don't want to go off on a rant here because we're running out of time, but I can't, I'm not watching a lot of WWE these days because they don't have, they don't have heels. They don't have mm. anybody that I hate. And if you don't have a mm. good heel, then you've taken you away a good face. You can't. Yeah. There's no, no joy for me in seeing the face come running down to rescue somebody who's being beaten down with baseball bats and spray can you know, spray paint, <laughs> if you don't have anybody doing that. So, I mean, Samoa Joe should be that guy. He should be ruling the whole damn thing. They should give mm-hmm. him his own NWO and just have him running roughshod over everybody in the promotion and letting mm-hmm. them go up against him one by one until finally they could – that's what Braun Strowman could could help him out quite a bit is if he had somebody on the other end of this thing. All right, one more mm-hmm. of, of these guys here. The guy who many people think is the most charismatic guy in all of wrestling these days, the great Paul Heyman. What about oh. your? What do you think, about Paul? <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, talk about intimidating. <laughs> um, no, he's nice, um, and I'm so bad with my contacts. I'm sorry. That's why it took me forever to like even get back to you, Glenn. I'm sorry. Um, Quite all right. <laughs> no problem. Um, another person I should say hello to. Um, I aspire to be him one day. <laughs> yeah, you know, in terms of promos, right? He's the greatest um, promo guy in the world? Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, he really helps. Uh, you know, when I watch his stuff, it, it definitely drives me with that sassy, like, anger and <laughs> finding that inner that inner anger that I have. And, um, you know, because I'm in real life, I'm too nice. I would never tell you off, but he'll treat will be like, um, no. <laughs> so uh, Paul's a good inspiration for that. Um, He's uh, a good person to have in your corner for sure. Like, isn't he what wrestling is really all about? Because, I mean, I really think – and, I, you know, this is another good comparison to porn is that for a while, people, when they were saying, well, I want to make great porn, were thinking, well, what can I do that's physically never been done before? So they were mm-hmm. like, well, let's do three baseball bats in, in you know, the badge yeah. or the ass or whatever. Yeah. and. Like wrestling for a while was going that direction too, where people are like, okay, well, what are we going to do that's that's even wilder? And, and you probably saw the stunt that somebody pulled last week, which I, I don't know. There's both sides of this debate, but I guess we can say it on the show. A girl pulled a, a bloody tampon out of her pants I and shoved, that. shoved it in another girl's mouth who was tied to a chair. And it's sparked a great debate in the world of wrestling about whether mm-hmm. this is just stupid going too far or whether that's what we should be doing is trying to come up with ways of, of enhancing storylines because it was fake. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's real. But like, yeah, don't, do you agree? Is that what – which direction should wrestling be going? More extreme um, physical or more extreme fan- storylines? Um, you know, I – my very honest opinion would be, I think, more extreme with your 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 fantasy. You were about to say, yeah, your fantasy, yeah. your storyline. That that is your focus. You you are there to tell a story. All the other things are just the details. You know, like what you know, the girl pulling the tampon thing out. That's just a detail of her story of this this character that she set up. This. Uh, matchup between her and this other person or this feud I'm guessing is you know this isn't the first time they fought so you know this was just the next step in that story so I I do think that wrestling should be focused on that you know I'm more of developing that side of it and and the extreme physical parts of it will come as you go you know yeah yeah, absolutely. It's all about storytelling. And I, you know, to mm-hmm. me, it's what we're lacking a little bit, but that's why I personally have um turned to, to I watched TNA the other day and I'm I'm very excited about all uh, all elite 
All right. Well, let's wrap yeah. this up basically by asking you about what you're doing today. I see from your bio here says in the bio that you are considering moving back to Southern California and that you're working towards getting some, you know, sort of sticking your foot back into wrestling. So what, tell us about that. What are your plans for the future? Oh my goodness. Um, gotta love your managers, right? The way they talk you up. Um, <laughs> um, so yes, there is TNA coming up next month in February. I'll be there. Are you the coming? Idea, Tell the, me you're coming. The idea has been on the table that I I might stick my foot back in the game and I might try to come to the to the Impact Wrestling show in Las Vegas in February. Or I might just say, oh. nope, you guys don't deserve to see me and stay home. <laughs> come so, on. You just, you just have to you watch and find out. Sorry. Brooke is coming. I uh, think she's coming. Okay, I'm there. Good. <laughs> I'm coming, um, Brooke. Um, you know, we have so many of us have migrated here to Las Vegas who are all your old buddies. Helly Hellfire is out here. Uh, we'll cool. try to drag her. Sarah Jesse is here. We'll try to drag her. So you got to come. Yeah, you can have your own box. Yes. <laughs> We're working on that. Nice. We're working on that. You know, all- I, I remember, um, what was it, uh, 2011, I think, is the last AVN convention that i went to and that that year there was also a uh, wrestling promotion there in um vegas at the same weekend uh lucha las vegas i believe so i was i was on the the wrestling show and then uh walking around the convention um the other days but i remember they you know and here's an example of the differences of, you know, what they expect porn star to look like and, and me. <laughs> um, I'm there at, at Lucha Las Vegas getting ready to go do my thing. I'm in, like, dress black pants, slacks or whatever, uh, white top, suspenders, you know, like, I'm pretty conservative and covered up, all things considered, right? And, you know, I go out there, I handle my business, but while I'm backstage, they bring in a group of girls who are all in their little tight dresses and their high heels and whatever, whatever. And they say hi and, you know, smile and hee hee. And they go off into the crowd to watch the show. And then they see me like being a badass and getting slammed through tables and talking shit to people. (laughs) And they're like, Oh my God. (laughs) So there's your differences for you. Um, absolutely. Well, you know, we hope you come back and do some more work in wrestling. So let's, um, or in, in adult entertainment, if you so chose to do it, go that route, you know, <laughs> the industry would welcome you back. Um, so what is your, let's just, uh, get your social media out there so people can look you up and mm-hmm. follow you. And by the way, people, she has 600,000 followers. So if you're a wrestling promoter Boom. that's listening to this <laughs> podcast, this is who you need. None of your wrestlers have 600,000 followers. Yes, you know, and that's one of the things that has been very frustrating. We, we touched on it earlier that, like, I carried that stigma when I first started in the business, but I've been through every top promotion you can. I've I've had appearances on all of them. I've I've earned my right to be here, and I, I still get the the nose because of my history, you know. And it's just really stupid because I don't understand why promoters don't understand the fact that you want me on your show because of my history and because of the attention I will bring you like stop being scared of the negative side of it and, and embrace, embrace the attention and the the eyes that I will bring to your promotion. Hello. <laughs> Absolutely. So. And what is your yeah. um, Twitter? Uh, Twitter is at Trina Michaels. And do you have an Instagram? Um, do I? Yes. I believe it is Trina Mania one thirteen. Okay. When are you going to open up like an OnlyFans too? Because you, you know OnlyFans is primarily celebrities. I mean, they make a lot of money off of adult too. But so many celebrities that are mainstream are now finding that their fans will pay for um, just intimate, non-nude pictures and communication with them. Have you thought about doing really? that? Yeah. Uh, no, I hadn't. I, I've honestly, I've been pretty well removed from everything lately. I've just been in my own little personal bubble over here. So, um, 
No, I haven't. Thank you. I, I will check that out, though. Uh, you know the owner of OnlyFans, and I'm not going to say his name on um, okay. the American owner, but as soon as we're off the air, I'm going to tell you who to contact on that one. Okay. All right. Well, there you go, Jim. How about wrapping us up, my friend? You got it. Look, if you're not one of the over 20,000 people who have subscribed to the podcast, first of all, shame on you. We make it simple. You go to the iTunes store because we are part of the Apple podcast family. Get us at the Google Play Store. Again, we're part of the Google Podcast family. We're on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, and, of course, on YouTube as well. And if you just can't find us, just search Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King and Jim Williams. Hit the favorite button or subscribe, and each week you'll get a brand-new edition of the show sent to your tablet, your phone, or to both. So do that today, and that's what you do to get to us. Final thoughts, Mr. King. I will leave you and all of our listeners with a wrestling quote, and that is, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo! And what I mean by that is that if you want to be the best in life, you need to find out who is the best currently and not just emulate that person, but try to be better. There you go. Inspirational quotes from Glenn King. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with another great podcast. This is firefighter Raphael Poirette for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five-cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five-cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.